I'm Lisa Popchak, and you're listening to Momfinance, for moms at every age and every stage. Being a mom is wondrous and delightful, but also at times exhausting and overwhelming and confusing and frustrating. Momfidence is a place for moms to come for encouragement, comfort, some new tools, and the confidence boost you need to be the mom you want to be. Welcome, fellow moms. Today we're going to take a look at the second corporal work of mercy, which is giving drink to the thirsty. Not long ago, I was in Pittsburgh, very close to my home, during the citywide marathon. It was a cold and rainy day, yet over 20,000 people showed up to run. What's more, 6,000 or more people came to volunteer and support those runners. Many of them stood on the sidelines, cheering and handing the runners water. Think about that. For 14 hours in the cold and rain, people stood there to offer others encouragement and a moment of connection and a drink to help them go on. There are no bragging rights in that, at least not public ones. There are no medals given to these volunteers, no records to break, certainly no coverage in the news. And yet they came. And many of the runners wouldn't have been able to succeed in their goals if those people hadn't been there for them. That's one example of what giving drink to the thirsty is all about. You know, the Marathon Committee could have just had unmanned stations along the way, so the runners could grab water out of a bucket as they ran by. It actually would have been very quick, maybe given them a couple of extra seconds on their time, but it would have deprived the runners of the encouragement and the connection that fueled them to go on. Again, as with the first corporal work of mercy, feeding the hungry, we can see that it's not just the substance that matters but the manner in which it's provided. Let's look at how this applies to us as mothers. One example that always jumps out at me when I think of this work is hearing, can I have another drink of water? From my kids, sometimes, sometime during the night when my little ones are supposed to be sleeping. Now let's be honest here. Can anything get on a mom's nerves like hearing that? when all you want to do is get on with something, anything non-kid related in the night. You've given it your all, all day. You've desperately waited all day for those precious, all too short moments of off-duty time. And then you hear that call. It can bring us to the end of our patience in a split second. I know there were nights I wondered if it would bring me to the end of my sanity as well. And then one day I read a column that talked about how St. Teresa of Calcutta used to get up two hours before the rest of her sisters to go out and tend the outcasts of the city. That's an incredibly holy thing to do. A greater sacrifice than any of the other sisters were making. And on the one hand, I immediately saw that holiness and sacrifice. But on the other hand, my exhausted brain 
actually thought, gee, at least she got to decide when she was going to wake up and tend people. We moms have to jump out of bed in an exhausted sleep whenever our family needs us. I promise, I was not being prideful. I wasn't saying I was holier than Mother Teresa. I was in just such an incredibly tired state that sleeping all the way to three o'clock in the morning sounded almost luxurious. And I know very few moms who wouldn't agree with me, at least in a little part of their heart or aching bodies. But what also occurred to me is that Mother Teresa would go out at 3 a.m. with a smile on her face, kindness in her actions, and love for God's children in her heart. That's what truly made her holy and truly made her effective in her ministry to those souls. And yet we, as mothers, are almost encouraged by society to be grouchy and irritable and harsh when responding in the night to the needs of God's children under our own roof. Mother Teresa knew that it was not just water and food that those she tended needed. They needed kindness, comfort, reassurance when they were feeling scared and alone. These are the same things our children need from us when they ask us for that inconvenient drink of water. And if we choose to answer with patience, kindness, and love, and yes, we usually have to ask God for an extra helping of grace to be able to do this in our tired state, we can actually transform those moments into moments that spiritually transform both of us, our child and ourselves. In this way, we get to experience Christ in two ways. In the first, we get to minister to the suffering Christ present in our own children. Just as we may wish we could comfort Jesus in his suffering or give him a drink in answer to the words, I thirst, we can comfort him in the form of the least of these in our children. When we accept his invitation to come to him in our children, we experience him showing us how very loved and important we are through our child's eyes and we're invited to overcome our weariness and sinfulness, just as the woman from whom he asked for a drink at the well was. Secondly, we transform that moment for our child by being an embodied response of a loving and merciful God who loves our child with all of his being all of the time. That response is some of the earliest and best evangelization our children will ever know. When we talk later in their lives of the great God who loves them very much, they will have a reference point in the memory of seeing his face reflected in our responses. Now, I'm not saying that we should let this go on all night. If we've tucked them into bed, using a nurturing bedtime ritual and being loving and kind, 
in response to their request for a drink or whatever their request is later, if it occurs, then it's absolutely fine to set a gentle, firm limit in the behavior that they're persisting in, if they're old enough. But this limit is far more likely to be cooperated with if you meet the emotional needs behind the request first. With our older children, we can use this idea of giving drink to the thirsty in ways that help us connect with them in supportive, non-confrontational ways. We certainly do this with our friends, don't we? We don't ask our friends out for a cup of coffee or out for a drink after work and then sit there drinking and ignoring them because we just wanted to keep ourselves from be dehydrating, do we? Of course we don't. What we're really thirsting for is friendship and connection. That drink is just an excuse to get that friendship and connection. And whether it's our little ones in the night or our older ones that we can sit down and share a drink with over hot cocoa or milk and cookies after school or stopping and getting an iced tea somewhere, that's what we're really doing offering that moment of pause to create that friendship and connection with our own children. We should extend this practice to our older children by doing things like stopping at a favorite place on the way home from school for a lemonade or a hot cocoa to reconnect after being apart all day. Or we could have a tea time with them at home with a snack and tea and a good chat. We can share cups of chamomile tea before bed and catch up on each other's day and lives in ways that only seem to happen in the darkness and quiet and calm of the night. We can invite our adult children out for a cup of coffee at a time that's convenient for both us and them and catch up on each other's lives in a way that's not grilling or confrontational or intrusive, but just loving and friendly and easy on us both. Because the purpose of giving drink to the thirsty is much more about the watering of a person's soul than it is about hydration. And you don't have to stand in the rain for 14 hours to do it. You just have to connect with the children who seek your time and attention because you, Mama, are the most important person to them in the whole wide world. Have that drink with them. Take that moment to connect and love and share. You'll both be better for it. And so will your relationship. God bless you all. Thanks for joining me today for this Monfidence Moment. If you want more encouragement, come on over to momfidence.org for the blog and other confidence-boosting resources.